jacket tailoring, Alexander McQueen dresses, and seam finishings. Who knew we would be diving into so much today? Absolutely. Silk organza isn't just a superhero fabric. It's the key to so many interesting areas in both high fashion and home sewing. Hello and welcome to Threaded Together, a podcast that stitches together home sewing and high fashion. We're your hosts. I'm Tracy. I'm Rebecca. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing all things silk organza. This is our second episode for Threaded Together. And we are thrilled to have you back listening to us again. Don't forget to find us on social media at Threaded Together Podcast, where you can see what we're working on and keep up with us between podcasts. Just give us a follow. Ooh, and an update on that. We do also have a TikTok account now. We do? Oh, yay. Now we just need to start making some videos. But make sure you give us a follow there as well. We'll link our socials and any patterns or other information that we mention in the show notes below. We're really excited to talk about Silk Organza in today's episode. But before we get into that, Rebecca, what have you been working on in the last month? Did you finish your Vogue jumpsuit? I did, Tracy. I am so excited. I finished the jumpsuit and I followed mm, about 95% of the pattern to a T. I did end up swapping buttons for a zipper as a closure just due to simplicity. Um, mm-hmm. But then I also managed to finish the shirt I'd mentioned in the last episode, which is a lot of finishing garments for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I drafted a pattern off of an old worn out shirt that I mentioned and remade it in a sunshine yellow fabric. And I'm absolutely loving how it's turned out. That sounds super. I'd love to see some pictures. I'll make sure to post them. And how did you get on with your next project, Tracy? Well, um, I did finish the pajama bottoms that I was working on. Um, and they were a gift for my cousin and she was so happy with them. Um, and then I've had a few busy weekends. So I didn't make a start on the Fiber Mood Marcia, which is what I was hoping to do. Um, and as we were preparing for this episode, I was so excited to just sew something up in organza. So I've been <laughs> working on a pink blouse. There are a lot of French seams and I'm using the By Hand London Sarah shirt pattern, which is a pussy bow blouse and pleats on the shoulders and a swing hem and fabulous sleeves. And I'm excited about it. Oh, I love hearing your description. And I have gotten a sneak peek at the in progress photos. The blouse is coming along beautifully. Thank you. I'm excited to hear more about it and discuss your experiences with silk organza techniques that you're using as we get further into this episode. I absolutely will. And we also haven't shared with our listeners that since our last episode, we met up in person. Yes, it was so fun. I was in London for London Fashion Week to see a few shows. I've been watching runway shows virtually my entire life. So seeing the garments up close and supporting sustainable emergency designers is something that I am extremely passionate about. But the highlight of the trip, of course, was meeting up with you, Tracy, and (laughs) the most brilliant idea. Yes, we went to the Alexander McQueen exhibition at the London flagship store on Old Bond Street, where they have a display of a selection of Alexander McQueen looks. That included the Sarah Burton Red Rose dress from the Autumn Winter 19 collection and a selection of dresses from the Spring Summer 2020 collection. And guess what so many of them were made of, Tracy? 
Well, I guess you already know, but to our listeners, so many of them were made with silk organza. Which is a great segue to our main topic. We have an absolutely jam-packed episode for you today. So we are going to quickly share everything we are going to cover in this episode and we will list out timestamps in the show notes for the sections. We want this in every episode to truly be a resource for you to reference back to as you go through your fashion and sewing journey. We're going to start out today with what is silk organza, then cover one, two, three, seven different practical (laughs) uses of silk organza to support other garments, including everything from interfacing to tailoring support and seam finishes. We'll then jump into tips for working with silk organza, and then we'll bring it back to high fashion with examples of designs that utilize the fabulous silk organza. It's going to be a really inspiring episode. So we'll round out with a few patterns that we are going to recommend for Milk Organza. So Rebecca, let's start with the basics. What is Silk Organza? Great question, Tracy. Silk Organza feels very similar to chiffon. It's a transparent, lightweight fabric characterized by its low fabric density, which I had to look up the definition of this. Fabric density means how thick the fabric is, meaning Silk Organza is quite thin and sheer. Silk Organza is so fine and lightweight that its quality is actually measured in terms of holes per inch, HPI, rather than thread count. And the more holes means the better the quality of the organza fabric. An organza has a crisp feel to the hand, almost a stiffness, and it reflects the light incredibly well as a result of silk's natural properties and the way the silk fibers are twisted before weaving. Originally, it was only produced in silk fiber, but now you'll often find it in polyester. So be sure to check the fiber content before purchasing. When you picture silk organza, you probably picture a woman's blouse, sheer and lightweight, but with a great structure. Or maybe you imagine it as a big bouffant sleeve on a dress and occasion wear. And because of its properties, strength, and its light weight, it can be used to add shape and exaggerated design to a silhouette. You can use it as an invisible layer inside a garment for support, strength, or shape. There are so many uses for silk organza. It's such an incredible fabric. I think today we'll only be scratching the surface as to its multitude of uses, but here are a few to start. The lightweight, stiffness and reflective qualities makes a bit of a chameleon in terms of the myriad of ways that you can use silk organza. If you have ever used a pressing cloth at home, it's most likely made of silk organza because it can withstand really high temperatures. It will help protect your fabric from glazing or shining or scorch marks from your iron. Because it's transparent, you can see exactly what you're pressing, which ensures you don't press any extra creases into your fabric. I had no idea that you could use silk organza in this way until you shared that with me, Tracy. I've since been using it as a pressing cloth. However, I melted or did something to distort a part of the piece of the pressing cloth. Oh no, really? Oh, yes. A more thoughtful person might have paid attention to their iron settings, but I had accidentally turned it up entirely too hot. We're talking linen and damaged the silk organza. Not to say that it doesn't make an excellent pressing cloth, 
it does. And there definitely was not any polyester content because the fabric is still intact. Um, and I had been using it successfully for a while before the mishap. So my takeaway is just be careful and use the appropriate settings when you're using your iron. I screwed it up so that you can learn from my mistakes. And that's what we're here for, to share information. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now we touched on the use of silk organza for sleeves in our first episode, didn't we, Tracy? That's right. Adding a silk organza by a strip makes such a difference to your sleeve. If you want to add extra spring to a gathered sleeve cap or prevent a fitted sleeve from collapsing in on itself, silk organza is your secret answer. There are a few methods for this, depending on the size and the weight of your sleeve and how much support you want to give it. So one option is to take your sleeve head pattern piece and draw a straight line connecting your front and back armhole notches. Then take a piece of silk organza, fold it on the bias and place it on that line with a folded edge along the line and the rest facing upwards. Cut it along the sleeve head so that when you open it out, it's like an oval shape, like a rugby ball. Mm. And then stitch one edge along your sleeve head. Once you've attached your sleeve, you can then loosely attach the other edge to the seam allowance. You could um, cut a long strip of bias organza, fold it in half and gather it to the desired sleeve head width and then attach that to your sleeve head. Or if you wanted the extra structure, you mm. could even combine both methods. We have a couple of links to share in the show notes on this as Nina Lee and Bella Loves Patterns and Threads magazines have some really great write-ups on how to use organza in your sleeve head. And I'm sure to provide some visuals in there as well, although your descriptions were absolutely fantastic, Tracy. This is amazing information and I love the links that you shared, which again will be in the show notes. I was actually watching a masterclass video recently where Mark Jacobs was discussing pieces from his runway collections and he shared examples of silk organza supporting a lace garment, both in the sleeve head, exactly like you mentioned, and also in a lace collar. The technique looks so very similar to the guide from Threads magazine. That's so interesting because silk organza is an excellent tool for stabilizing and reinforcing seams. You can use it to stabilize curves and angles if you want to prevent a seam from stretching out or protect the shape before cutting into it. To stabilize the seam, cut a piece of organza the shape of the piece you would like to stabilize working from the pattern piece, about twice the width of the seam allowance, and then baste in place. For example, you could use it to stabilize the neckline on a lightweight chiffon before applying bias binding to the neckline. Equally, if you wanted to use organza to reinforce an angle or an inset corner, um, so for example, a deep V on a neckline, you can stay stitch a piece of organza to the corner before snipping into the corner. Then when pressing your corner, you want to press the organza away from the main fabric, then continue your corner construction and you'll end up with a really crisp corner. You could use exactly the same concept for a dart stay as well. And Rebecca, you had a non-traditional stabilizing use for silk organza that you tried, didn't you? I did. As you know, I do a lot of crochet and knitting and I found that silk organza makes for a great backing for a chunkier knit or crochet piece. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing about silk organza in this use case is you can easily use an embroidery needle and yarn and actually just sew through the silk organza. 
It will hold the seam easily without any other reinforcement. And when you think about the size of embroidery needle, we're getting pretty chunky here and you Mm -hmm. can actually just pull yarn through the fabric. It's pretty amazing. It also looks really beautiful. I used red silk organza in my use case and it was absolutely lovely. Oh, that sounds absolutely super. And we definitely want to see a picture of that. (laughs) Add it to the to-do list. And in my opinion, one of the best uses of organza is interlining and underlining. So for anyone who isn't aware, interlining is exactly how it sounds. It is an extra lining in your garment to help change its characteristics. For example, horsehair is a commonly used interlining in tailoring a jacket. You may want to add interlining to a garment to change its body or shape, to add strength to a weaker fabric. You could use it to add longevity and durability to areas of a garment that are likely to get worn first. So the knees of trousers or the seat of a skirt. Interlining can prevent or reduce creasing of natural fibers and it can reduce ridges next to seams. I would love to see an example of that used on the knee of a trouser. How fascinating. I can picture it. I can picture it on a skirt because you you have your yeah. skirt, your nice fabric in your skirt. You have your lining, and you have this on mm-hmm. the um, the thing. But on a knee of a trousers, yeah, I don't know because you don't. I mean, no, do you have any lined trousers? You've, I'm sure you've got some lined trousers. I reckon you could pull out an example from your wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was so I was thinking of like workwear though because that's really common to have a patch over the knee. Mm-hmm. But how fascinating to do something out of silk organza. Actually, Miu Miu just showed these really chunky leather pants on the runway and they have a knee patch over mm-hmm. them, which are obviously just for design um, interest in this use case. But in that practical application, you would be putting silk organza as that patch on the inside of the knee. I'd love to see that. Or is there a lining between the patch and the main fabric for the knee? It's like another. Yeah. yeah. But it would be incredibly strong. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh-huh. And one of the most common inner linings we're familiar with in our sewing practice is interfacing. I'm sure you're familiar with interfacing to strengthen parts of your garment. So, for example, a collar or a cuff or a facing. It's also often used as an extra support where you're going to put a buttonhole or a, a pop up. And you can use silk organza for this. Now, here's a disclaimer. It depends on the project, how you're going to wash it, etc. But for sheer fabrics, it's probably your answer. You would use it as you would sew-in interfacing. So you stitch it to your fashion fabric within the seam allowance and then treat the piece as one. And Tracy, didn't you make a dress using organza for interfacing? Yes, I made a dress with a burnout wool. Now, Mm. burnout is a technique which essentially burns out a layer of the fabric, creating a semi-transparent pattern, which meant that using a standard interfacing on my collar and button placket would have shown. And oh, so, interesting. Yeah, yeah. so I opted for silk organza and it worked really nicely. And Tracy, the million dollar question, do you have a photo of this burnout wall and this project? <laughs> Uh, yes <laughs> I'm posting it on social media as we speak <laughs> I can't wait to see it so we had interlining and now we have underlining and mm-hmm. underlining is aligning to a garment and again will also change the shape and body of the fabric but it typically applies to the entire piece for example it might be a quilted layer for a coat 
For organza, though, you may choose to back a delicate fabric with silver organza. Use silk as underlining. Cut each piece in your main fashion fabric, then cut the same piece in your silk organza. Place the two together and be sure to smooth out any wrinkles. Then place together and treat as one piece. If you're working on a very fitted piece, you need to be mindful that the layer closest to the body will be fractionally smaller than the main piece. Mm-hmm. And be sure to account for that when basting the two pieces together. And that's where working with a tailor's ham can be really useful. So this may be hard to picture in your head how exactly you can use silk organza to stabilize fabrics. But at the McQueen exhibit, we were able to see the inside of a development piece for the McQueen rose dress. And it was amazing. The main fabric used in the dress was a silk georgette. But on the inside, where the incredible pleating and draping was taking place, there was a silk organza lining stitched into the garment to strengthen and hold those incredible shapes. It was truly incredible to see that dress in real life. And we have photos, so we will have to post those, Tracy. Absolutely. Now on to perhaps the sexiest part of this entire podcast, C-Hats and Finishes. One of Silk Organza's most beautiful qualities is the transparency. The downside of that is that it's completely transparent. You can see everything. That means that whatever seam or hem finishing technique you use will be visible through the garment. Most popular seam finishing in the case of Silk Organza is generally a French seam, which allows the visible seam to look completely enclosed. Tracy, you said at the beginning of our episode, that you're working on a silk organza blouse with French seams. How has that been? Yes, I have, yes. So first of all, let's talk about what a French seam is for anyone who isn't familiar. So a French seam is a technique for enclosing the raw edges of your fabric inside the seam itself. So from the outside, it looks clean and tidy. The hallmark of the technique is sewing your fabric together first wrong sides together, then giving it a good press, trimming the edges, and then pressing it to the other side and sewing it right sides together. That means you capture the raw edges between the two seams. I love a good French seam. They're so clean and beautiful. But on the blouse I'm making, I've definitely had to stop and think a few times as to the best way to tackle it. So for example, on the yoke, when I'm working with three pieces of fabric, and there's fabric as well to manipulate when I'm setting in the sleeve. But I do promise to share some progress pictures. (laughs) That does sound challenging. Do you have any tips for how to work with that extra layer of fabric when you're doing a front seam? No. (laughs) (laughs) I think when it starts to get tricky, it's always best to think about how you want it to end up and then work Mm -hmm. backwards to what you need to sew. That's a smart way to think about it. There's another seam finishing that's quite unexpected that you can do with silk organza. Right, Rebecca? Yes. One of my personal favorite ways to finish a garment is with a Hong Kong seam finishing. Basically, you enclose the seam allowance in another fabric, creating a nice clean finish when you're opting not to line a garment. Guess what makes an unexpected and beautiful bias tape you enclose these seams? Let me guess. Silk organza? But of course, since a Hong Kong seam finish wraps the seam allowance to add a really nice touch without being too see-through due to the multiple layers that are enclosing that seam. It feels so lovely as well against the skin, and it's a really easy way to add a bit of extra luxury on the inside of a garment. 
And what a great use for some organza scraps. We love to use those scraps whenever we can. Absolutely. Another interesting use for silk organza is as the supporting fabric for embroidery, since it's artificial holes and can support the weight of heavier embellishments. It's also a favorite fabric to be used for embroidery, since it can create a floating effect for the embroidery due to the sheer nature of the fabric. That sounds so fabulous. Can you point us to any examples, Rebecca, where we can see some wonderful embroidered dresses? Oh, absolutely. So initially, I went looking for an example from the modern collections of Dior, because I know they do utilize this technique. However, a great archival example of this is Dior's May Dress from 1953, where flowering grasses and clover are hand-embroidered on silk organza. The effect is breathtaking. A more modern example would be from Chanel's Couture Show in 2020, where they use more than 9,000 sequins and dried flowers and layers of silk organza. But mind you, it wasn't very many layers at all to support this massive weight of embroidery. The power of this fabric of silk organza is the ability to support that weight of the embroidery in as little as a single layer, while still maintaining the drape of silk in the body of the organza which is something that tool and mesh just can't replicate. Wow. <laughs> well, Tracy, now we've inspired everyone to use silk organza and absolutely everything, I'm sure. What tips do we need to know in order to successfully use silk organza in our home sewing? Well, depending on how you're going to use the silk organza, you should create your kit. So you could do this with lots of steam or by having it dry cleaned. Or if you don't need to preserve its crispy hand, then you could pre-wash it. But if you're using this method, it's probably best to try a sample first. For the blouse I'm working on, I just shoved it in the machine. <laughs> I would say you're a braver soul than I, but that's probably what I would do. And then... <laughs> Deal with the consequences later. It goes about saying that you cut organza with really sharp scissors. And if you're using machine needles to sew organza, be sure to use a really fine size, like a 60 or 70 needle. I quite like to use a sharp 60 or 70 um, for organza. That makes a lot of sense because the last thing you want to do is snag that fabric while you're in the middle of sewing. Absolutely. We love silk organza because you can literally use every last scrap across a variety of projects. Your offcuts can become those stabilizers that we mentioned above. Yeah. So, Rebecca, while I've been pouring through all my sewing books to help us prepare for this episode, you have been raiding your wardrobe. <laughs> have you got some samples of silk you can share with us? Well, Tracy, unfortunately, I have sent all of my ball gowns out to the dry clean. So I don't have any examples. Oh, I'm just using. Uh, but with Threaded Together, we are trying to bridge high fashion and home sewing. So we can just bring it back to the runways in lieu of my ball gowns. So uh-huh. let me call this section, How to Spot Silk Organza in the Wild. It's very easy to spot silk organza as a primary fabric once you know what you're looking for. If you see a sheer iridescent piece of fabric that has no supporting structure or has a 3D component to it, it's very likely to be silk organza. 
There are the more obvious silver games or pieces. Susie has many a sphere, yes, 3D dress that's a single layer that, of course, always is organza. And many of the McQueen pieces that seem to defy gravity are also made of silver organza. We shared on social media a few looks from McQueen and more recently Sarah Burton, respectively, and all of them are absolutely breathtaking. One of my favorite uses of the organza, however, is to make a transparent, tailored suit. Have you seen this before, Tracy? No, I haven't. But you've just shared it with me, and it is incredible. It's so fabulous. Like, such a cool technique. I mean, it's so different. It's wonderful. No room for error, either. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I found a fantastic example of this in fall 2011 from Maisel Margiela, where you can see the inner workings of a blazer perfectly through a printed lavender silk organza that reveals everything within. It's almost like an x-ray of the innards of the blazer, which, to your point, Tracy, means everything has to be made perfectly. I love this hit so close to home for you and I since we did do that couture tailoring course we mentioned in the last episode. Such an incredible unseen amount of work that goes into a properly made blazer. And normally you'd never see that work as it's hidden between layers, but this Margella example exposes those inner workings, pad stitching and all. It's an incredible example of an unconventional use of silk organza that allows for you to appreciate the craftsmanship that goes into that tailoring and the power of a fabric like this. The sheer motif of silk organza over another garment is used frequently by the house in subsequent seasons and by many other designers to give an almost Forgive my butchering of of this French word. I can't pronounce it, but to give that illusionary effect. If you use silk organza as a primary fabric, it can create some incredible illusions in your work. And the properties of silk organza that make it so appealing in high fashion were fully on display in the Alexander McQueen exhibit, both in the work of McQueen himself from the autumn winter 2012 and the Sarah Burton, the interpretation from spring summer 2020. Both pieces feature silk organza pleated and then hand feathered to create an ethereal 3D effect that seems to defy gravity. We really can't put into words how impactful those pieces were in person. No, we really can't. If you have the ability to visit the Bond Street exhibit in London, we couldn't recommend it more and they will be rotating their exhibit. So the sooner, probably the better. There are so many potential uses of silk organza. It might seem a bit overwhelming, perhaps when you want to find a pattern to try and make that takes advantage of the incredible body and light catching quality of the fabric. But we found a potential solution for you, didn't we, Rebecca? We did, Tracy. It's a pattern company that you had turned me on to originally. Roberts Wood, it's a design studio that focuses on, it quotes, innovative approach to textiles and construction. They make incredible custom dresses, but they also release patterns for purchase to make your own garments in their signature shapes. So we noticed on Instagram, there was an example of the Alicia Bow patchwork dress in an absolutely stunning black silk organza. So that would be a great pattern to try if you're up for the challenge. And it's challenge, it probably would be. Oh, and Tracy, you found the secret to the seam finishing they were using as well in that pattern, didn't you? 
yes, I was looking at this, the seaming on that dress and I was wondering if it had a French seam um, because it would be incredibly complicated to do. There were so many pieces. But they listed the technique and it wasn't. They had overlocked the seams with an arrow head and then pulsed it down the seam. Um, so there's another creative way to finish the themes on silk as uh, and in a way that will do justice to the craftsmanship of your garment as well. We always love a good seaming technique hack. Thank you so much for finding that, Tracy. One of the reasons I really like that pattern and specifically in silk organza is because there's something very interesting that happens around the shoulder line where mm. it's curved and actually comes away from the body in a way that you lose the shape of the pattern in a softer material because it just doesn't hold the body as much. So there's a lot of examples of people making that pattern using like upcycled tea towels and things, which is really lovely. But when you look at the organza example, it it's just looks very slim. Yeah, it, the, the pattern almost leaves the body on yeah. the shoulders and like rises up and I think just accentuates these incredible curves mm-hmm. that that brand is is known for in their more custom pieces that also look like they're made out of silk organza. So that's one of the reasons why I was thinking that might be a really interesting pattern to do. Yes. We see how that those 3D elements come to life using that fabrication. And with that, I think that rounds out the main portion of our episode. Wow. Which means it's time to ask, what are you working on next, Tracy? What an inspiring episode. So I definitely want to apply some of the techniques we've discussed as I finish up my blouse. Um, and as we head into spring, I've got my eye set on this fibre mood Cleo dress which I want to make in denim and it is cut out so this one will happen um, <laughs> and, it, <laughs> and it's a, a short flared skirt piece to the dress with buttons on the back and it looks quite fun to make that sounds so perfectly on trend for the year Tracy you're ahead of it I love to hear that <laughs> and what about you well I've been so inspired as well from the podcast I would like to try my hand at something Organza, but to me, I have yet to decide. Um, but with the seasons changing, I actually do want to get into some upcycling projects that I've been putting off so that I have some new pieces for the season that are made out of old things. But again, I have yet to determine exactly what those pieces will be. But that does tie in nicely to the next episode, doesn't it? It does. So our next episode, we're going to be discussing Pattern Drafting 101. We will be sharing our favorite resources for getting started with pattern drafting, as well as how to apply these basics in the context of upcycling garments, which can be a great time to start experimenting with how to draft your own patterns. In the meantime, I'm Tracy. And I'm Rebecca, and this has been the Ready Together podcast. See you next time. Looking forward to our next episode in a month. Make sure you give us a thumbs up on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify. You can find more details on what we discussed today in the show notes below. And for more behind the scenes and regular updates, you can find us on all social channels at Threaded Together Podcast.